ministry in the church can be life-giving and life-changing. And in the midst of it, we all need faithful companions along the road. Welcome to Along the Road, a podcast on faith and leadership for ministry leaders of the PCUSA. So you're serving as a ruling elder or a deacon in the church, but you also have almost a dozen other roles. Parent, sibling, teacher, plumber, dancer, therapist, cleaner, athlete, fill in the blank. Come join us in the midst of your day, wherever you are, to be inspired in your role in the church, become nourished, and renew your call. Formation as a leader doesn't happen all at once, so let's walk along this road together. I'm Martha Miller, a ruling elder and a certified Christian educator, serving within the PCUSA Office of the General Assembly, and I'm excited to travel on this journey with you. I am happy to welcome Marisa Galvan Valle to the podcast for this episode. Welcome, Marisa. Hello, everybody. Well, Marisa serves with the Presbyterian Publishing Corporation on Spanish language resources. She is with us today in part because one of her other roles is pastor of Beachmont Presbyterian Church. Are there other things about yourself you'd like to tell us, Marisa? Well, you were talking about uh, multiple roles, and I'm going like, hmm, that sounds familiar to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm also trying to be active in the presbytery level, which means that I'm right now working with the Commission on Ministry here in the Mid-Kentucky Presbytery, and I'm the chair slash moderator. Uh, so uh, leading a lot of uh, meetings actually <laughs> right yeah that's a, that's a big job since you have already said you have a lot of experience leading meetings through all your different roles i am confident that those who are our listeners as church leaders themselves find themselves in charge of meetings and leading meetings for many this can be anxiety producing i know um, where do we start? How do we get things accomplished? Are there any tips that you'd like to give from your perspective, Marissa? As I've been thinking about this, I think one of the most important things for me is to set an environment where people can work and share from a perspective of not only problem solving or trying to find solutions, but to, to try to find a way to, to center ourselves in, um, in something that has to do with education or something that has to do with uh, Bible study or something that has to do with, pra uh, you know, prayer, but, but not the prayer that we do where we just do it to get it out of the way <laughs> to start the meeting, uh, but to take a significant amount of time and putting that you know, from the get-go in the agenda and say, this is important. We need to start with some type of reflection or some type of, of sharing of where we are in this moment of the day and, and, and to recognize all of those things that come to play during meetings, whether they, they're meetings that have some things that are 
uh, more conflictive in nature or whether it's something that is, it's, you feel like it's going to be easier to deal with, specifically in the settings of, of, of local church where you're dealing with committee meetings or, or planning for Christian education or uh, session meetings or de uh, deacon meetings. It is important to set, uh, you know, environment of who are we here and now and, and who does God wants, want us to be? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that yes. thing is really important. Right. And I think you've touched on a couple of things just in that response. Not, not only that reflection on who we are and setting the tone for the meeting, but you talked about agenda planning. So it's that, that preparation piece as well that, I think sometimes it's anxiety producing as we think about what is going to happen in the meeting. And so maybe some of that can be eased by thinking through the agenda and what we want to accomplish and what we're trying to do, knowing that maybe not all of our expectations are going to yeah. be met, but at least having that as a guide. Uh, now, just for our own sake, which helps us to think about, is this going to take more time or is this going to take less time? Mm -hmm. But also to give people a heads up and a, and a time to sort of reflect on what they want to bring and how they want to prepare as you uh, have this meeting. As I said, uh, you know, if you're going to take time to do a reflection or a study in particular, uh, Sometimes you have to recognize that you have people that function in different ways and, and time is, is viewed in different um, uh, situations, especially, you know, if you work in an intercultural setting, which is uh, my church context. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but to give people a heads up, we're going to take some time to do this. We're not going to get to that particular uh, piece of the agenda that maybe you want to talk about uh, for like three or four uh, items. And just give people time to prepare questions and to um, have uh, time for discerning, which is one of the basics when we are having uh, meetings. Mm -hmm. So being realistic in sort of what we can get done, while yeah. also being respectful of people's time, knowing that some folks may have something waiting for them. Actually, probably most folks will have something waiting for them at the end that maybe they have to get to. And we don't want to rush through the business of a meeting just based on time. But yeah, those are all really important things to think about. I know that in a couple of groups that I help to lead, particularly one that meets just electronically, and is a periodic meeting. So it's not one where the members of the group see each other other times. It's been really helpful, not only that we open with prayer, but we share those joys and concerns and those things going on in our lives, which I think you were kind of referencing mm -hmm. before that it's also that relationship building, but it sets the tone for us being a group together. Although we aren't really celebrating it as such, this actually, this March coming up is the 10th anniversary of our resource regarding ruling elders. Oh. 
the PCUSA Office of the General Assembly has published this resource, which actually comes out through the Presbyterian News Service every month since that time. So uh, for those of our listeners who may not be quick on the calculations, that means we'll have 120 articles in our archive of regarding ruling elders. And I think what I'll do is, as a part of the description of the podcast, I'll add a link to the resource if you happen to be one of those who hasn't found it yet. But we're aware that these articles are used in a variety of ways. The The topics of the articles include ministry particularly related to ruling elders. So some folks use them individually to think about their own ministry areas, but I know, Marisa, um, just from conversation you and I have had in the past, you've been using them some at, as an opening for, I think, session meetings in particular. Is there anything you want to add about that? The congregation chooses people that they identify as people that have certain characteristics or, or mm-hmm. talents or gifts. But that doesn't mean that people are necessarily aware of what being a ruling elder entails and and, mm-hmm. and how wide the possibilities are in terms of uh, not just participation in a local church, but in other areas uh, of a denomination that has four different um, areas where you can do things or be part of uh, committees like our church. So, so for me, it was important and is still very important to, first of all, to use those articles as, as ways to sort of open their eyes to possibilities uh, um, in terms of their own ministry, in terms of their responsibilities. Uh, some people are not aware that uh, ruling elders can preach. There's so many things that that uh, I remember when I, I became a ruling elder when I was like 21 years old, and this resource was not available, uh, that you were just uh, thrown into the waters and, uh, you know, swim. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And sometimes you didn't know how to swim that well in certain circumstances. So, so it, it is important for me to to start, uh, you know, to send out the agenda. So I add the link for the resource. Uh, I start the meeting not, uh, you know, with a quick prayer, but um, you know, talking about or giving them a summary of what it means. We we sometimes use the questions at the end to have some uh, conversations about what it means for them, open it up for questions as well, and then we move to praying and approving the talk and all these other things. So, and right. then, and it is also important, you know, for me, um, especially now uh, the new, we have new uh, ruling elders coming into session this year, and they're both fairly new and young uh so to uh not to hurry along things but uh do not use acronyms uh as if everybody knows them uh you know explain a little bit more about things that are happening that are unfinished business or old business and and don't assume that everybody's understanding what you're saying because that may not be the case so Yeah, I think one of the beauties of having new people come on, whether it's session or whether it's a committee, is 
being able to hear from them what things we assume, like you're talking about acronyms and that kind of thing, that they're able to, if we give them permission to stop the conversation to say, I have no idea what you're talking about, or this is not making sense to me. The reality is, is that there probably is somebody else, whether it's in that group or or somewhere else within the congregation, who also doesn't have that background knowledge. And so it helps us kind of step back and say, oh, how do how can we communicate about this differently? But I also love to hear how you're using regarding ruling elders as a way of sort of additional training. So while ruling elders might get training piece at the beginning of their service, that doesn't necessarily mean that they know everything that they need to serve well. And so that is sort of a formation piece that each time during session meetings, they're getting a little bit more. So some of those articles have been sort of devotional in nature or focus on spiritual leadership. And some of them are more about the responsibilities. So it just so happens <laughs> that we have one of the writers for one of our series for regarding ruling elders right now. And so Marissa, um, as you are working on the discern and measure parts of regarding ruling elders for this time. Do you want to say anything more about that series for those who might not be as familiar? What we uh, are doing, and it's kind of interesting because uh, contrary to, to other, I'm guessing other writers, uh, we are uh, on a two-year Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm sharing uh, writing responsibilities with Valerie uh, Izumi, and it's kind of very interesting to see how she's uh, interviewing uh, ruling elders and, and presenting their their experiences. And what I'm doing is is taking that part of the book of order that has to do with ministries of, of membership and sort of saying to, to ruling elders, these are the things that, that since you're a ruling elder and ruling doesn't mean to rule over necessarily, but also has a dimension of measuring, as you said, then, then how do you measure the health of the church while looking at all of these things that we mentioned as important things uh, that are part of, of the um, way that a member lives out their faith, not just in church, but uh, in, in all of their context? How do you um, work as a leader to create um, possibilities and to and, and always are on the lookout of of ways that that these things can develop. So and they're so diverse in the way that they so they touch on every aspect of life inside the church and outside the church uh, have to do with uh, you know stewardship, but also have to do with witness, have to do with ways of behaving and, and connecting to to different aspects of, of life. So it, it's it's been kind of fun. And and I've gotten uh, some comments uh, specifically because um, I have the chance to actually translate. I start from English, but then I translate to Spanish and try to make it not just a, a literal translation, but also a way to sort of uh, connect to, to the experiences that I had as a ruling elder. 
before becoming a minister of Word and Sacrament. That's great. And a, a couple of things that you've reminded me of. The first is to say that all of the articles are available in English, Spanish, and Korean. So I guess that we could triple that 120 articles, really, in some ways, including all the languages. But one of the things that, um, that you reminded me of is you're talking about sort of the beauty of those words in the Book of Order are how little time we spend thinking about those and and going back to them and remembering what it means to be a member and then i love the way that you're you're helping ruling elders as you say measure the health of the congregation by looking at those aspects i think that's really important and again i will a link, put a link to those articles and to the archives of of all of these for folks who maybe are interested, particularly as you describe this series, but also to articles that have happened in the past and can can look those up and get those links. So really appreciate your time with us, Marissa, and and for all the ways that you serve. It's it's interesting. We've hit upon several of your roles, and yet there are so many that that we haven't. So thank you for for all that you bring to us both in this episode and to the larger church. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. We hope that you have been nourished through this episode of Along the Road. You're invited to visit the website for PCUSA Leader Formation for additional nourishment for ruling elders and deacons. PCUSA.org slash leader dash formation. This has been the Along the Road podcast. We look forward to crossing paths with you again soon.